Hello fellow brethren and welcome to the Faith Encounter Service from the Cordes Family Church University City, Philadelphia. The message you're about to hear is a faith-filled message of Pastor Daniel Oposui, a beloved son of Bishop Daniel Mills. Open up your heart, listen with faith, and allow the Word of God to bring positive change and transformation into your life. Happy listening. Hallelujah. I want you to just begin to speak to the Lord right now. Ask the Lord to speak to your heart this afternoon. Pray for yourself. Pray for your mind. Pray for the words you're about to receive from God. I want you to pray and ask God that the few moments, the minutes that you are here will be a time of transformation for your life. Pray and ask God to speak to you about everything in your life. The Word of God can touch and affect every aspect of your life if you will open up your heart to receive it. So ask for the unction of the Holy Spirit to bring you understanding the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may behold the wondrous things of the law that the Bible will come alive to you that the word of God will have an impact in your life so pray, pray for two more minutes I want everyone to pray for themselves just lift up your voice and speak to God right now yes Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you have gathered us as your righteous children. You have brought us to your feet to speak to us. And so, Lord, right now, we yield ourselves unto you, unto your voice, and we ask, Lord, that you would pour out a blessing a blessing that will change our lives a word that will touch our lives and a word that would give us direction that would bring us peace that will bring us joy we thank you for your awesome presence in this place we thank you for everyone that is here today you have ordered our steps for the word that you have for us. And we thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. 
Are you happy you are in church today? Wow. Sharon is happy and no one else is happy. You are not joyful, you are in church today. Where would you rather be? On a Sunday afternoon, where would you rather be? In your boyfriend's house. Or in the library, studying. <laughs> in finals week. Wow. But it's a blessing to see everyone here in church today. You know, God actually likes it when we come to church. You know, he said, can I have the iPad, please? He said that, do not forsake the assembling of the brethren together. It's like some people have made it a habit. Thank you. Some people have made it a habit to forsake the assembling of the brethren. Like coming to church, some people have made it a habit not to come to church. And God tells us in his word, Paul actually was saying, what's going on here? Going upside down. There we go. He says that don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Like some people have made it a habit to forsake assembling themselves together. Like when they hear church and hear coming together, they say, no, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. And then it says, the second part of it says that, especially when you see the day approaching. Because there's going to be a certain day that everybody will gather, but you will not be part of the gathering. Amen. Anyway, let's go on. So last week I started to talk about um, what it means. Um, I was sharing from this book, How You Can Become a Strong Christian, and I was recommending it for you. I want everybody to get a copy, How You Can Become a Strong Christian. It's a very powerful book. And we started talking last week about um, how to become a spiritual Christian, or how to be more spiritual. Hallelujah. Were you blessed by that message? How to become more spiritual. So how many of you are going to try to become more spiritual? Yeah, you have to try. You see, it's not easy, but you have to try. It's better to be spiritual than to be carnal. Hallelujah. I said, it is better to be spiritual than to be carnal. The Bible says that, walk ye not after the flesh. Don't be 
an unspiritual Christian. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. You are exposed to uh, collateral damage if you are an unspiritual Christian. But today I want to talk to you about becoming a zealous Christian. Amen. You can be a Christian, but you are not zealous. So in Galatians chapter 4, verse 18, Galatians chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says that, but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. It is good to be zealously affected. Now, what does the word zealously mean? Do you have a dictionary up there if you can project something? Or zealous? Well, zealous means to, be, to have zeal. So maybe you can tell us what does it mean to be, what does the word zeal mean? Or any of you English speakers who? Zealous. Having or showing zeal. So one may ask, what is zeal? <laughs> Great. It says it is a noun. I don't know if you know a noun. Okay, a noun. Okay. Great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. When you show great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. So, for instance, if you are chasing something with a lot of energy, maybe a certain girl has crossed your path and you are chasing with a lot of energy. Anybody who sees you can see that, look, you have a mission, you, are on, you have an agenda. You, see, you don't need to explain to anybody. They can just see that, look, this guy has something on his mind. That's what it means to be zealous. Go, put it back. Give us other, ah, okay, look, this is what I was looking for. Passion, zealousness, committedness, ardor. Oh, most people don't understand. Love, fervor, as in fervency, hmm. fire. <laughs> this is not. This is not. This is. This is not even the Bible. This is English dictionary. Like when you have zeal, it means you have fire, avidity. Fondness. Fondness. Do you know what it means to be fond of something? To, to show a certain likability. Yeah. To show that, I mean, you like something. When, 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 you, are, when you are zealous about something, your love for the thing is evidence. Everyone can see that. Look, this guy, he likes this girl. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of husbands don't show fondness. 
and a lot of wives. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. You see, and a lot of wives also don't show fondness. Yeah. I mean, like when you see them standing there, you think it's brother and sister. Yeah. You think they're sister and brother in Christ. You know, sister and brother in Christ. You know why it's like that, sister and brother in Christ? It's like sister and brother in Christ, when they come to church, you see, they don't want anybody to know or feel that they have feelings for each other. So it's like, you stand here, let me stand here. Then when they walk out of church, they can't keep their hands away from each other. But you see husbands and wives who I mean, they don't even, no fondness. They don't even touch. No touching. Amen. Look, I'm preaching about zealousness. Devotion, devotedness, enthusiasm, eagerness, keenness, appetite. <laughs> Taste, relish, gusto, vigor, energy, verb, zest, fervency, ardency. That's what it means to be zealous. So if you are a Christian but you don't show any of these things, it, it, it tells the type of quality of your Christianity. Like a wife or someone, would you like someone who says that, I like you, I want to be in a relationship with you, but has no passion for you, no, no fondness. I mean, he can't even look into your eyes and say certain things. Yeah. He can't tell you that I'll give you my heart and run on a battery. So I'll give you my heart as it's pumping, like I'll give it to you, and then I'll find an, an energizer battery and run on it. He can't say such things. He can't say, oh, you are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He can't say, you are beautiful. Some men don't know how to say you are beautiful. It's like that word or that phrase, you are beautiful. It's like an itch. If they say it, something will happen to them. Yeah. So when the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 18 that, you must be zealously affected always. It is trying to tell you that there are certain things that must, must, must exemplify and must describe your Christianity. Your Christianity must be, must be with some fervor and some energy and some passion. Yeah. You, you, you can't just be... I mean, I, I, you can't even lift up your hands in church and, and, and worship God. You can't sing. You can't praise God. You can't do anything. It's like, it's like as for you, it's like, you are, I'm a Christian. That's it. I mean, imagine that me too. I come and I'm preaching to you and when I finish, I go and sit down. No energy. Will you be in church? You say one day you just get up and you say, you know what? This church cry and this pastor cry. I mean, let me just... After all, T.D. Jakes, he's sweating. The pastor doesn't sweat. Let me just watch, find some T.D. Jakes and watch. This pastor doesn't even sweat. He doesn't have a towel. He doesn't have a towel. Look for a towel. 
You know, one day I was praying to God and I said, I look, Lord, I want to sweat. I need to sweat when I'm preaching. Yeah, I said, I said look, I'm going to start coming to church with a towel. And the towels, they are in levels. I've seen people with beach towel <laughs> in church. Big one like that, white, beach towel. It's like, hey. And some of us haven't started even sweating. Anyway, so to be zealously affected means that you are energized and passionate and you are showing a lot of verve. You know, Jesus Christ was a very zealous man. Apostle Paul was a very zealous man. When you read the book of Galatians and you read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, you, 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 come to, you, come, you, you, you meet someone who had a lot of passion and a lot of energy for what he was doing. Yeah. He wasn't playing at all. He wasn't playing church. And being political, well, not even political, being, um, I don't even know the word to use. Yeah, he was all out passionate. Passionate, all out passionate. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter, tw- sorry, chapter 24. Look at it. Matthew chapter 24. Look at what it says there. Verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. One of the reasons why you don't see a lot of energy, passion, and zeal is because iniquity has abounded. When people are living in sin and full of sin and are are, are living a life contrary to God and God's will, their zeal just dissipates. You come to church, as you lift up your hands, and the devil will remind you, hey, yesterday, 9 p.m., about 9 p.m., Saturday night, do you remember? Suddenly, your hand will just go down. So, until you overcome iniquity and living a life that is contrary to God's will, you will always not have zeal. You'll always be living a, 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 a half-baked, half-full, half sorry, half-empty type Christianity. And you know the, you know the amazing thing about zeal, um, about zeal and being zealous? Should I tell you? Do you want to know? <laughs> Are you sure you want to know? Everybody can see. Your zeal is something you can never hide. Yeah, everybody can see your zeal. Your energy, your passion, everybody can see. When you are zealous and you are no more zealous, everybody can tell. Yeah, it's one of the surprising, not even sad things, because sometimes when people are zealous and they are not zealous anymore, and you are trying to figure out why have you just withdrawn and slowed down, and oh, everything is okay, I'm fine, I'm zealous. Meanwhile, you are not zealous. You can see that you are not zealous anymore. Are you with me? So when you when you are you, you see that you are you are losing your energy and losing your passion. Okay, don't live. Don't continue to to stay in self deception and 
pretend as though everything is okay when it is obvious that everything is okay. Rather, try to do something about it. Yeah. Because your zeal is what helps you. Your fire is what helps you to keep going. Because in, in, in life and in Christianity, it's a long journey. It's a long journey. So many things will come in your way. You need to have fire and passion to keep going. You need a certain drive to keep moving on. Yeah, you need to be able to overcome. It says, iniquity shall abound because there's a lot of bad things around. Your love for God can easily wax cold. You can start with a lot of passion. You can start with a lot of energy. But before you realize it, the, 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 the bad things that have occurred around you, maybe it's not even you doing anything bad, but just disappointments around you can just make your love for God just grow cold. Cold. And then you don't love him anymore. You don't, you don't, you're not passionate about him anymore. You don't, you don't express your love anymore. Like a husband and a wife. They start out with a lot of energy and with a lot of vibe and a lot of fervency. Hey! Starting from honeymoon night with a lot of power, energy, capacity. And then before you know it, they don't even sleep in the same room anymore. They don't touch anymore. They don't talk anymore. They don't kiss anymore. Did you, let me tell you a secret. <laughs> Did you know that Sex is not a major or the main sign of showing affection. Did you know that? You didn't know. Or the word sex is, is making you uncomfortable. It's like as you are in church, it's like, Pastor, preach. Just concentrate on your preaching. Whatever you came to say, just say it quickly and then let us go. Yeah, stay in your lane, Pastor. Pastor, stay in your lane. <laughs> Yeah. Look, a kiss, a kiss shows far more affection than sex. It's a, it's a secret. Yeah. Oh, I'm teaching you. Many married couples don't kiss. As for sex and children, more. They can have it and have children more and more. But to kiss, to kiss, to kiss, to show affection, you can, you can, it will not happen. Yeah. Because, you see, that action is just a physical action. You can look, before you know it's over. But to, to, to kiss somebody is... You need a certain love and a certain affection to, 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 to bring someone close to you. Look into her eyes. Yeah. That's why when you, when you exchange your vows, that's why they ask you to kiss your bride. That's why they ask you to kiss your bride. Because it is a show of affection. Public show of affection. I mean, you, to kiss somebody 
means that you are, you, are, you, are, you are communicating love and affection. Haven't you met many people, they can have five children, but they can't even say, I love you. As for the children, we'll have it. Yeah. And as you get older, that's what happens. It says, iniquity, like disappointments and problems in, in life and all kinds of things would make your love for the person become so cold. It's like there's no more affection. There's no more affection. There's no more. The, the way you used to speak to, to her, you don't speak anymore. I mean, the, the softness, the fondness in your voice, it's gone. Please, it's quiet. Yeah. You see, so, so if you're a husband here or you're a wife, you know, try kiss your husband a little bit more. Or husband, try and kiss your wife a little bit more. It, it communicates far more than the other one. You see, yeah. That's why they're always fighting you about that one. Because that one, at a point, it doesn't mean much. Truly, at a point, it doesn't mean much. If you are young, it may mean a lot, but as you get older, you see that. Because some people are saying, wow, because they can't wait for it. It's like, hey, what are you saying, pastor? I've been waiting 17 years. My brother, relax. So, how can you be a zealous Christian? Number one. Number one, you can be a zealous Christian by not comparing yourself with other Christians. First step, do not compare yourself with other Christians. Uh, first, Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Second Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says that, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some of them that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now, what is this scripture trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us that, look, vast majority of Christians are actually not zealous. And so when you compare yourself to other unzealous Christians, you are not being wise. Yeah, most Christians have a problem with being zealous. They can't, it's like, they, they struggle. The average Christian is not zealous. The average Christian is not a pastor. Did you know that? Hold on. The, how many people are here today? How many pastors do we have here? How many of us are pastors? How many people are prayer leaders and prayer warriors in the church? Even singers. How many people are singers? The vast majority of church members and church, I mean Christians, are not zealous Christians. So when you look at somebody and compare yourself to the person, say, oh, this guy is just doing this, so me too, I'm just going to be at this level. You are making a mistake. Because you are supposed to be at a certain level. Maybe God expects you to be at a certain level, and you have reduced yourself to a certain low level by comparing yourself to another person and said, oh, if this person comes to church every other month, at least I come to church every two weeks, I'm good. You have made a mistake. 
The Bible is saying that you are not wise when you do that. So don't compare yourself to others. Rather, seek God's will for your life and serve him passionately and do all you can for him. Hallelujah. Yeah. There was a story of a man who was, I mean, he's a pastor now, but one day he was coming back from the nightclub with his friends. You know, they had been jamming all night. They sat in the car and they were driving off. So the car was very quiet. So he said that, oh, let me, let me play some music. So he just picked one of the CDs, CDs in the car and then slotted it into the player. And then when the thing started playing, he was expecting some um, Shatawale or something like that. Sorry, sorry, thank you. Shatawale, not Shatawale, Shatawale. Or, or uh, what's the other guy's name? Miata, your friend, the other guy. The guy. Huh? Benna Boy. Benna Boy, Mayata's friend. Or oh, the other one. Sorry? Davido. Davido. No, but that's not how it's. No, no, you are not saying it well. Where is. Give me somebody. How do you say it? How do you say it? How do you say it? But I'll pronounce his name for me. You are shy. Oh! Ivana, pronounce his name for me properly. What is his name? No, no, no. That's Americanized. Oh, I need somebody to pronounce it. Sorry? Davido. Davido. Okay, Davido. Davido. He thought that he was going to play some Davido. <laughs> yeah, Davido. He thought he was going to play some Davido. You know? Or Shatawale. I, I know Shatawali because I watched a video of him some time ago. You know, I was surprised when I watched him. It was a documentary on the movie, that, um, the Lion King movie. Have you, have you seen that movie? Yeah. Hey, brother. <laughs> yeah. So he watched, they, they did a documentary on, on him, or not on him, on the music in the movie. You know, and as they were interviewing the different people who were singing, I mean, who contributed to the soundtrack of the movie, when it got to him, because he had also done a song for the movie, so when it got to him, the piece of, and this was a big documentary shown all over the world, millions and millions of people were watching it, you know. So when it got to him, they asked him a question. And his response to the question was, um, he said, he said, they, they asked him, he said, they, the question was, how, how do you feel that, how do you feel about coming this far in your music career or to the point where you are now doing this song for Lion King and all of these things? And you know what his response was? Oh, do you know, did you watch that thing? You've not watched it? Nobody has watched that documentary. Oh, wow. You should, you should watch it when you get the chance. He said, 
my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Shatawale. <laughs> yeah. That, and you know what? That was the only portion of, the, of what he said in the documentary. One time that he had the chance to speak to the whole world, he said, Philippians chapter 4, you have this, Peter. He said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ, Christ Jesus. That's what he said. I was shocked. I said to myself, if, any, if you get some Christians and you give them two minutes to say something to the whole world, what will they say? Will they even remember Philippians, he quoted the scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says that, but my God shall supply all my needs according to my riches, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He quoted it. If you think I'm like, go and watch the document. Just look for it, you see it. And that was it. And they moved on to somebody else. I don't know why we are talking about Chatawali. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. so he slotted the CD into the player. And he was expecting to hear some shatawale, but rather, he, he started hearing preaching. The, look, 4 a.m., they were coming back from a nightclub. He heard preaching on the CD. So he turned to his friend and he said, what? What is this? What are you listening to? Are you one of these people? And the friend said, hey, I'm also trying to secure myself. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to say." The guy was shocked. I mean, because he, he was comparing himself to his friend. Like, we are all going and coming. We do this, we do this together. This, 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 this. But now, he realized that, look, this guy that I'm following around, he's securing himself. He's actually born again Christian who is listening to CDs and preaching and things. And I'm here just chilling. We're not the same. So you have to be careful when you are comparing yourself to other people. Because you don't know what other people are doing. You don't know. And even if you knew, you don't know the type of relationship that they have with God. And in addition to that, you also don't know how long they have to live. Very important. You don't know. Because you may have 30 more years, but they may have 45 more years. 15 more years to make amends. So, if you are going to be zealous, ladies and gentlemen, you need to just concentrate on yourself and your relationship with God and put in your best and your all and serve God with passion, with zeal, with energy. Overcome iniquity, overcome confusion, overcome what people are saying and things and all these things. Just serve God and do your best for God. Yeah. And watch him. As he turns your life around. Just watch. Number two. What's the first point? How to be zealous? Do not compare yourself to others. Second point. You can be zealous as a Christian by focusing on the coming of Jesus Christ. Or the soon coming of Jesus Christ. 
concentrate on the soon coming of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 2. It says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Next verse. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. If you can concentrate on the fact that Jesus Christ is coming soon, and you don't know when he's coming, he could come tomorrow. Have you thought about it, that Jesus will actually come tomorrow? Let me stand here so that if you don't see me, you can. I said that, have you thought about the fact that Jesus will come tomorrow? Or you think that the only thing that is happening tomorrow is your final exam? <laughs> or the fact that you have to wake up tomorrow and go to work? He could easily come tomorrow. It says that he will come like a thief in the night. Have you ever, do you know, do, do, thieves, do they warn you before they come to your house? They don't. It appears suddenly. If you're a mother, if you're a woman who has had it, ask any of the ladies who have had babies. Suddenly, then you are in labor. You don't even realize. They tell, they, they can never give you a date. They say, within this range, so that you're going to have a baby around this time. They'll calculate and say, 29th, whatever, whatever. Yeah, but it can be before, it can be after. It's just around there. Suddenly, you are in labor. My son, my second son. We were praying for him to come before September 1st. Do you know what is September 1st? That's when the school year starts. So if you come after September 1st, you have to stay in school. You have to stay home till the following year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or you don't get it? Okay. I'll explain. <laughs> when you, you, you go to school the school year starts September 1st. So you must be born by September 1st to go to first grade. If you are not, if your birthday falls after September, every, you have to wait a whole year to go back to school, then to go to school the following year. So we were praying that this guy will come before September 1st. Because if he comes September 1st, September 2nd, it means that he has to spend a whole year in daycare. It's a financial decision. <laughs> it was a financial prayer. <laughs> yeah. Compared to somebody else who will be born maybe in August. Yeah. And that person will not have to pay one year of daycare. So that was our prayer that, hey, this boy, come, 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 come. Look, this boy was there, comfortable, no sign that he was coming. And then, August 31st, woke up, normal day, going about normal activity. Suddenly, the guy said he's coming. And truly, truly, he came August 31st, boom, he was out. Yeah, saved me a whole year of daycare. <laughs> a whole year, you see. So he's probably one of the youngest, he will always be the youngest person in his class. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that 
having a baby, it, 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 it happens suddenly. And the Bible describes it. It says, Jesus will come suddenly. You, you, you have no idea. Then, boom, before you realize, they are saying peace. He says, when they shall say peace and safety, all the governments in the world have come together and they are having peace treaty and whatever, UN conference on climate change and whatever, and this, 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 this. Suddenly, he said that it will, sudden destruction will come upon them. Before you realize, Christine Amampo is, is, is uh, uh, what do you call it? News flash. We shall now move to ABC News. Christina Mampo is in, is in Jerusalem and she's broadcasting. And there's a man on a cloud and he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. You know Christina Mampo. Yeah. That's what will happen. So if you can concentrate on this fact that Jesus is coming soon, it will motivate you, it will help you to stay focused and to stay zealous and know that, look, this thing that I'm doing, it may be the last time I get a chance to do it. If I'm in church and I'm doing something for God, it may be the only opportunity I have. I must do it and do it with all my strength. Don't be the type of Christian who says, oh, I have more time. I, I, I don't feel like it's today. I don't feel like whatever. I don't feel like I'll do it another day. I'll do it another day. I'll do it another day. Me, when I get anything that I have, like clothes, I don't have clothes. I don't like keeping clothes that I haven't worn. Do you know why? <laughs> yeah, anything I have to wear it. Why keep stuff in your why? Ladies, why are you keeping shoes that you have never worn? When are you waiting? What are you waiting for? You behave as though you own tomorrow. If you give me a shirt, I'll wear it the next day. Oh, yeah. If you give me anything you give, I'll, wear, I'll just, especially clothes. I don't keep them for Christmas. No, 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 no. I don't do that. Because you, it's, it's, you are behaving as though you own tomorrow or you own the next six months or you know what is going to happen. And it's not a good way to live. If you have something good to do to someone, do it. Yeah, if you have something nice you want to give, give it. If you want to help somebody, help immediately. Don't wait. If you're a husband and wife or whatever here or you're a beloved, don't wait for birthdays. Like you only do a big show on a birthday. Don't wait for one year. It's like, oh, next year, your birthday, we are in November. We are in December. Your wife's birthday is in November. And you say you are waiting till November next year to do something nice for her. It's not proper. That's not the right way. You must, a Christian, a Christian must behave as though he understands the scripture that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And it could be any day, any time. You have no control of it. And so the sooner you start being zealous for God and helping in the church and doing whatever you need to do, the better for you. Hallelujah. Number three. Luke chapter 12, verse 18. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. 
and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Next verse. And I will say to my soul, so this is a certain rich man who prospered, and then this, these are his words. He said, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Do you understand, do you understand what's going on? Change this to another version, New Living Translation or something. Let's, let's, let's read that one and see what happens. So he said, I know, I'll tear down, is this it? Yeah, I'll tear down my bands and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store everything. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get it all? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Yeah. The Bible says that you are a fool if you behave like this. If you are going to be zealous, you must accept that or believe that you can die at any time. Point number three. You can die at any time. You, you, you don't have control of it. Yeah. Even if you live to 75, there's, a, there's an appointed day. There's an appointed day that you will also go. Zealous Christians, they think about death. They are not afraid of death, but they think about it, and then they prepare for it. Yeah. Death is not just for old people. Yeah, it's not just for grown-up grandmothers and grandfathers, no. It's not. We were here two weeks ago. Our brother walked in. He just walked in here wearing a white jacket. I remember when I was preaching like this. And as he walked in, I said to myself, look, this guy is looking very glorious. That's what I said to myself. Walked in like that. Just, he came a little later. He just walked in big and someone was leading him to get a seat and he sat over there somewhere around there. Little did we know that that was the last time he would be in church. He was gone. Woke up on a Monday, I was at work doing something. If I got a phone call, oh, Brother John, he's passed away. I said, what? He was in church just two weeks ago. What happened? Gone. So if you are sitting here thinking that, oh, it is only grandmothers who go away, you are making a mistake. You are making a mistake. And I felt sad. I was like, what? I mean, I remember I was just having a conversation with him. He was telling me about certain things that he wanted to do. Yeah, I was, I, I was shocked. And a young man like that could also just depart. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let us begin to think. Think deeply about life. He might have been sitting here today 
if that hadn't happened, he might have been sitting here, there or there somewhere. He just sits in that corner or in this corner. He's not. There are three times when people gather for your life, I mean, concerning you. Only three times, major, three major occasions. When you are born, right, maybe at your baby dedication or whatever, baptism or something, one of those things, people, a lot of people come together to uh, announce your arrival. Then the next one is when, usually when you're getting married, a lot of people gather, come together. Then the third time and the last time is when you die. A lot of people will just come together like that. Last night I was at his house. Huge mansion. Lot of people there. He wasn't there. So one guy was standing next to me. He said he hadn't seen him in about 10 years. No, no, no. About 20 years since he left high school. He hadn't met him since he left high school. But he was standing there 20 years after he last met him. He was standing in his house, but he wasn't there. And he was asking, he said to me that, I wish that I had come to meet him before. I wish that this wasn't the time where I was coming to his house for the first time when he's not there. So let us not assume that, you know, we have Forever. It's like, oh, if I'm not zealous now, I'll be zealous in future. If I'm not serving God now, you serve God. Really? It's not, it's not like that. It's not like that. Life and death are in God's hands. From here, this morning, this afternoon, from here, I'm going to Francis' house. He, took, he just had a baby. <laughs> Just arrived, a new baby has, as a life has come, another life is gone. Right? I'm there. I was there last night, sad, praying for the family. Family was there crying, very sad mother. Also. Very terrible. Today, next, I have to wake up, organize myself, and now I'm going to welcome a new baby that has come. That is the life. So, you must determine to serve God with all the energy and all the fervency that you can master in your body. Because one day, you will not have that strength. You will be somewhere and everybody will gather. And everybody, you, the shocking thing is that everybody is talking, will be talking about you. You will not be there. Everybody will have a story about you. Everybody will have something that they are saying. You see, people will be quietly. Hey, really? Wow. You are not there. What will they say about you? Will they have good things to say? Will they say that you were causing problems? Yeah. Will they say that you were very loving person, generous person? Would they say that you were someone who loved God and served God with all your heart? Or would they say that, oh, I am blessed and glad that this guy is gone? Oh, yeah. Because some funerals, we don't even have tributes. You can't even write. Nobody reads a tribute. Because there's nothing to say. 
Because this, this brother will come to church. What's the time? I have to go. Yeah, this brother will come to church. I remember one time he came, I was, in, I was outside at the car park. And I was like, I was telling my wife, oh, let's go. He said, no, no, no. He's, he has just called. He said he's coming. He's bringing food for all the students in the church. They should wait for him. He's coming. I said, really? Why? What's going on? He said, oh, he's just, he just wants to bless. Yeah. And so he, I was just sitting in the car. Lo and behold, he arrived with food, a lot of food for students. Even those who were not students took some of the food. <laughs> yeah. Even those who were not students were packing the food. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Where is your free food coming from now? Yeah. You see, so as for God and serving God, look, let me tell you something. Don't, don't, especially if you are in the church, serve God with your heart. Oh, listen, don't, don't allow anybody around you to give you a certain bad feeling. And not and not and you don't give anybody a bad feeling. Try not to try to encourage people to serve God. That's the best you can do for them. Help people to serve God. Let people be feel welcome to serve God. And you also serve God with passion, with energy. Because when people see you excited about your service to God, they also develop a certain passion for God. It's what they see. If they come to church and everybody is as if you have just been woken up to come to church. But when you come to church and the place is fire, energy, passion, everybody's happy. Those of you who came to the carols night, you see that there was a lot of happiness in the church. It was working. <laughs> energy, excitement. We were, I mean, firing. It was a carols night. You would have thought it was a convention. I went to a convention. After the carols night, I went to a convention that night. After the carols night, I went to a convention. I didn't feel the fire there as the fire was here. Yeah. Meanwhile, we were having a carols night, and they were having a convention. The fire is different. How many of you are going to serve God with passion and energy? Yeah. Finally. Finally, we're closing with this last one. I have more, but Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 14. It says, Do not become proud at that time. Do not become proud at that time. And forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. The next way or the final way that you can become um, a zealous Christian is by not forgetting what the Lord has done for you. Hallelujah. How many of you have, have know something that the Lord has done for you? or you have a testimony of, of God doing something for you. Lift up your hand. Let me see. Let God see if you are a grateful Christian. 
Hands up. If anybody, everybody, let me see. If your hands are down, I want, I want to see those whose hands are down. I, I mean, not just me. Heavenly Father, watch them. Look at them. Everybody here. Everybody here. The Lord has been good and has been gracious. And so you cannot forget. <laughs> you cannot forget. If you forget, you allow yourself to slowly slip into lukewarmness and, and coldness. Yeah, I, I want people to be able to come to me and say, Pastor, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to. Today I was sitting down thinking, I was thinking about somebody. I was like, I want to give him something to do. I can't think of it. I, I don't know what to let him do. I want him to do something. I feel like I, I want to. I, and I was, I was worried. I was like, why, why do I have to, to, to think up things and create things? You see, why do I have to create things? Why can't, why can't, why can't you, people just come up and say, I want to do this, I'll do this, I want to do this, I'll do it, I'll do it. Do I have to think and create all the time? If I don't create something or I don't think, about it, you won't do anything in a church? Ask yourself, if the pastor doesn't tell you to do something, will you do it? Will you, will you, will you step up, will you rise up and do something on your own? Will you, will, you, will you offer yourself? This guy came to the church. When he came to the church, day one, he came to the church and said, oh, I can play the guitar. I, I, I said, really? He said, yeah, I can play. I can play. He said, I can play. <laughs> and he has been playing ever since. And I mean, and he plays it well. With, with passion, you see. And then he, he came to me. He said, you know what? There's a certain machine, a certain tool. When you get it, it really improves the sound and the guitar. And the, 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 the. He came. I, did, I had never seen him. He said, I said really? He said, so I said, send it to me. Let me. He sent me the thing. I said, wow. Very expensive. <laughs> I said, don't worry. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> it will happen. Truly, truly, somebody, that same week, someone came and said, oh, I have, some, I have some money. I want to give it to the church so that we buy equipment. Truly, truly, before you knew it, we had new drums. We had a new uh, guitar, whatever, machine. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to be creating things for people to do in the church all the time. You guys need to also now step up and say that, Lord, I want to serve God. I want to be zealous for God. I want to do something for God. I'm going to do it. Yeah, Jesus, step up and say it. Nobody tells me to come and preach every Sunday. Nobody tells me what to preach every Sunday. <laughs> Nobody. I have to pray and seek God's face and ask him, what do you want these people to hear? Because as for me, look, what I preach here on Sunday, that is not what I'm, I'm studying for myself, or for my Christian work and my, my study of the word. No, 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 no. I mean, this is just additional. This one is just... Something for you, to bless you. Me, myself, what I, I, my study is also different. Yeah, I was telling them on, on Friday, I said, I'm right now I'm studying the book of Galatians. I'm on chapter 6. I said, my, my personal study, I read it. Study it. I, I may not share. I, it just happened that on Carol's night, I, I needed to share something, and the Lord said, oh, just share this thing from your quiet time. That is just by coincidence. But usually, that's not what I'm sharing on Sundays. And I'm not depending on Sunday preaching for my spiritual development. 
That would be a mistake because, I mean, that means that a whole week, only one hour, they said my time is over, so I have to stop. I mean, as I'm, listen, as I'm preaching this, as I'm talking about the time, they are telling me that the time is over. Yeah. So 45 minutes, that's it. Oh, no. So if you are here today and you don't even have your personal quiet time, you should try to make corrections. Tell yourself that I, every day I need to read the Bible. I need to read a verse or two. I need to read something. I need to communicate with God. I need to pray. I need to just spend a few minutes to, I'm serving God. I'm not just, I'm not, I mean, life is more than just going about and doing everything else except God. May the Lord help us and cause us to be zealous Christians. Passion. Energy. What else? Excitement. Huh? Fire. 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 <laughs> Devotion, eagerness, energy, zest, fervency, gusto, ardency, love, committedness. Yeah. If the Lord has done something for you, you must also do something for God. Yeah. If the Lord has, I mean, more, very few of you were born in this country. And for most of you, where you are today is better than where you are coming from. Yeah. Even if you don't have a job today, you are better. You know, you know, you know. I don't need to tell you that you, you are happier here. If they tell you to go back, you won't go. So God, just the fact that you are sitting here and you are dressed. Today I was looking at this man and the way he had come. come the way he had dressed and he was looking. Come, come. <laughs> We can't see you. You see, come, come, come and stand here. Let the whole church see you. Come, come and stand here. <laughs> Look at this man's shoes. Stand, stand, go one more step, one more step. Look at his boots and the skinny jeans. <laughs> this one, this is the type of jeans that you have to lie down to pull it off. Look at him. Look at this man. Look how handsome he's looking. You know, for the single ladies, it's something I'm saying. There's a message. Yeah. So this guy should not say that God hasn't done something for him. He should not stand in, I mean, he should not be in church and not be fervent with his service to God. Because God has really blessed him. Just being here, look at his nice boots, look at his jeans with, with things. You see, look at him. So just think a little deeply about where you were and where God has brought you to. And allow it to motivate you to do more for God. That's all. That's the essence of my preaching. This is it. You can go and sit down. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and let us pray.
Holy, holy, Lord Almighty. It's a privilege to, to worship, worship you. Maker of all It's an honor just to stand before you. With a grateful heart, I lift my hands to you. Proclaiming, Lord, you Sing the normal one. The one we can all sing. Sing that one. Thank you. That's one. Lord, you to be praised, 
to be praised. Father, you reign. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. Oh, how we wish we could be here for much longer to enjoy your word and to fellowship in your spirit. Father, we thank you for touching our hearts and speaking to our hearts. We ask you, Lord, that our hearts will be a fertile ground that would receive the seed of the word that is planted, that we will bear forth good fruit, that our hearts will not be a stony ground that would not receive the word of God with gladness, with openness and with a commitment and a willingness and a desire to do what you have asked us to do. I pray for every heart here, Lord. Soften our hearts. Take away our delusions. Take away our fears. Take away our concerns and the issues of our hearts and the issues of life that distract us from serving you with passion and with zeal. I pray for every heart here, Lord. I ask, oh God, that the Holy Spirit would empower us, will pour fresh oil, fresh fire upon us, that we will stand and serve God with passion and with zeal. Yes, Lord, we give you praise and we ask, oh God, because we know that you alone are God who hears our prayers. And so we ask, Lord, in full faith, knowing that as we ask, so shall you answer. Maybe you are here today, you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you another opportunity to come to know him, to fellowship with him, to have an intimate relationship with him, and to serve him all the days of your life. If you are here like that and you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to make this decision. I want to serve God. I want to be in his courts. I want to be, I want to be his child. I want to be a son of God. So pray with me. If you are here like that, I want you to lift up your hand because I want to pray with you. And the whole church is going to pray with you. And we are going to encourage you and we are going to give you an opportunity to serve God and to be in his courts and to be in his presence and to know what to do and how to serve him. Yes. 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 It's a blessing that you've made such a decision. And so I want us to pray together. Everyone, all of you on the stage, everybody here. This is a time, a very important time. Say after me, say, Heavenly Father. I can't hear you say, Heavenly Father. I thank you for today. I thank you for reaching out to me. I love you, Jesus. I want to serve you, Jesus. I am accepting you, Jesus. 
into my life. From today, I belong to Jesus. Say from today, I belong to Jesus. And I will serve Jesus all the days of my life. Say Satan, I do not belong to you. You cannot control my life anymore. I belong to Jesus. And I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus into my life. Let's have communion. Quickly, very quickly. Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to come before your table. To come before your table. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you bless the bread and bless the wine. And as we eat of this meal, Lord, may we, may we receive life, newness of life, freshness of life, energy, passion, zeal, Lord. May it come into our bodies. May we serve you with, with, with energy. May the spirit of apathy be removed far from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing, 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 sing. Say like you believe in it. Say the body of Jesus Christ. Say one more time. The body of Jesus Christ. Listen, what this can do for you, there is nothing, no medicine in this world that can compare to what we are about to do. This meal that we are eating. When it enters your body, it is, it is, it is spiritual food. It gives spiritual energy. Deliverance, peace, joy, love. It takes away confusion from your life. What you have in your hand right now, it is called Jesus Christ. So lift it up and say, this is the body of Jesus Christ. And eat it.
take the cup and say the blood of Jesus. Say it one more time, the blood of Jesus. There's a certain power in this blood that is able to cleanse and wash away sin, wash away disease, remove every kind of problem in your life, every addiction. This has the power to cleanse it and take it away. Lift it up and say the blood of Jesus Christ. One more time, the blood of Jesus. And drink it. Close your eyes, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, may power, supernatural power, be released into our bodies right now. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. May the Spirit of God come upon us and remove sicknesses, remove diseases, remove all manner of illnesses from our body in Jesus' name. May the body and blood of Jesus give us extension of days, extension of life. Father, empower us to go forth with hope and with confidence in Jesus name we pray Father we rebuke every spirit of fear we rebuke every spirit of discouragement we rebuke every spirit of doubt in the name of Jesus may the power of love the spirit of love and the spirit of a sound mind and the power of God Come into our lives right now. Come into our lives right now. Come into our lives right now. Can I hear a powerful amen? Can I hear another amen? Can I hear a third amen? Give the Lord some praise. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that your life has been transformed by the power of the word of God. If you would like us to pray with you or would like to worship with us, please contact us at the Kodesh Family Church, University City, Philadelphia or call 267-809-5530. Thank you and God richly bless you.